Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Won't you guys just be seated just a moment? I'm just going to have you continue to play, if you will, right there. So good morning. Come on, everybody. Good morning, right? It's going to be a great morning this morning. Uh, the Lord woke me up this morning and, um, and, and began to start uh, loving on me. Anybody ever experienced that? Back in um, a few, many years ago, I was trying to make a decision to whether or not to, to come to Oklahoma or to stay in North Carolina. And it was amazing because the Spirit of God, I was, I was leaving work one night and the Spirit of God just, just began to hit me. And all of a sudden, I was on my knees and I was weeping. And it was like, God, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll, I'll go where you want me to go. Uh, whatever it is, the decision that you make, um, I, I, I want to be in your will. Is that, is that you today? I want to I be in your will. So, you know, I've experienced some times where the, like, the Lord has just shown up. He's just shown up. Has he shown up in your lives? Is there, an, is there an example where you might be able to say, hey, yes, this is what happened and this was the experience that I had with the Lord this morning or at a certain time in your life? Because I want us this morning to be able to experience some of that. What about if Jesus came in and walked down the aisle and sat down next to you? <laughs> what about if he came in and sat down next to you or you went over and sat down and there he was and you were talking to him you know and I believe he wants us to to experience some of those things in our lives so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a minute Amber you want, come on I'm gonna have Amber come on up and and um, I'm just gonna have you guys just we'll, we'll quit playing just for a moment Amber do you want the podium or are you good by just standing up so some things happen in our lives and we, we, we have an encounter with God. And our, for, for many, many times we've been praying and wanting God to give us an encounter. You know, and I want you to take a few moments and share about, well, a few moments, however long you need, you take and you share about this encounter with God. Okay. Um, so I pictured you guys to be a whole lot scarier than this. I'm... <laughs> I'm glad you're not, so thank you. Um, so, I mean, I was raised, you know, knowing to love God and knowing that God loves me. I was always told that. I was raised in this church, actually. Um, I, so I'm just going to start. Okay, about 10 years ago, I was left at the lowest place in my life that I could be. These lights are kind of bothering me. Um, I was broke, busted, disgusted. Um, I had issues, trust issues, abandonment issues, daddy issues. Um, my kids, my kids were hurt. And I think that's maybe what hurt me the most is that I allowed my kids to get hurt through this. And what makes it suck worse is because I knew what I was doing was wrong. I knew I wasn't following God. I knew that wasn't the direction my life needed to go, but you know, I did it anyway. And I was left, you know, broke, busted, and disgusted. Um, I was putting my oldest daughter to bed one night, and I mean, it was taking a while, and I just didn't want to anymore. I just didn't want to go on. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to continue to raise my girls to 
be okay. <laughs> like really, I just didn't know how. And I looked over on my daughter's wall and it starts moving. <laughs> and what I see is fingers like this over eyeballs and they were closed. And what I see is it beginning to open up. And God told me he would open my eyes. He would open my eyes and he would let me see. Let me see what it was all for, you know, whatever. I don't know. He would let me see and that I would be okay. That was 10 years ago, right? <laughs> um, I tried in that whole, in that 10 years, I tried to do, to follow God. I tried to do my best. But I mean, also in that time I was running running from God as fast as I could, you know, just looking, searching for something to fill that void that was taken from me. And I would search drugs, drinking, gossiping, just, I mean, anything. I was just searching for it. And I knew, I knew where I needed to search. I knew that I needed to see God's face. I didn't, I put a stop on it. I didn't want to. I was scared. I was scared to see God's face. Why? I mean, I don't know. He's not scary. I can tell you guys he's not. But I was scared. There was something in me scaring me that if I seen his face, then everything I knew would be no more. But that is what I wanted. That is what I was longing for. I didn't want to be lost. I didn't want to be just thrown on the side of the road. I didn't want my girls to follow in my footsteps that way. Um, one night, recently, I, um, the Spirit told me that it was time to let go of of a person of a person I have a relationship with and I love this person and like this relationship isn't anything bad anything wrong nothing like bad happens but God told me I needed to let go and I didn't want to and it hurts to let go of the ones you love but he told me I needed to let go and as soon as I said okay I felt his love just come over me. And I fell to my knees and I was grieving. I was grieving this relationship that I said, okay, you know, like I will let it go. I will see what you do, God. And as I was on my knees weeping in my bathroom, I heard the spirit say, look up. And I looked up and Jesus was sitting on the toilet right next to me. He was there. He came. He came to me because I said, okay, God, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to move forward. And he didn't, he didn't judge me. He didn't hate me. He just loved me. And as I was on the ground weeping, he just loved me. He put his arms around me and he just loved me. And he talked to me, and I talked back to him, and I seen his face. And when you see Jesus' face, when you see his face, when his love shines down on you, 
it changes you. And ever since then, I've kind of been a wreck. I've been up, I've been down, I've been around. Um, but as, um, so I didn't know why I was a wreck. I was like, God, I've seen you. I know you're real. You know, like I'm doing this. I'm doing this with you. Why? Why am I feeling so wrecky? <laughs> I don't know. Um, he said, you have to let go of some more things. You just have to say, okay, to let go of some more things. So, and as I have been saying, okay, to let go of some more things, he has, he has been there. He has been walking with me. Um, and so like through this 10 year period of waiting to see his face, I, I felt like I was doing a whole lot of things wrong because I knew better, but I was still doing wrong. But what I have realized just this past week is if you do your best, Jesus has already done the rest. So if you have a calling on your life and you know you do, just do your best and take those steps with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So I was, I'm reminded of a scripture when she was talking about it. Um, when you get into the presence of God, that we feel undone. And it's not unusual, Isaiah in chapter 6, you know, Isaiah was um, called to be a prophet of the Lord. And it talks about, um, let me just kind of, let me just kind of read this. He said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him cried out, and the house filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. She experienced something that you won't ever forget. Has anybody else had that experience? Has anybody else had a similar experience that they want to? Can we, will we share that this morning? The very first time that I experienced Jesus. It was, it was July and it was hot. And I was out on the patio. And um, I'm kind of like Amber. I really can't explain what happened. Um, except he just took me. And as I was approaching him, 
He was dressed in a white robe, and he had a gold sash around his waist. And as I got closer to him, he just enveloped me in his arms. And he said, I have great plans for you. I have great assignments for you. I have so much to give you. And as you keep coming, I will tell you the assignments that I have. And, and it goes on. I mean, I, that, one, that one trip was, it, it was absolutely amazing. I didn't realize what happened. I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't go tell anybody because everybody would think I was goofy or seeing things or whatever. But I, I got to where... I can just sit down and close my eyes and I can see him in that white robe with the gold sash around his waist. And then he holds me close to him. That's enough. I just feel like I want to open this up for others to be able to share. Do you have something you want to share? In? Um, I want to be able to open it up for some others to be able to share. When we have our experiences with God, they're individual experiences. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm Shelly's going has a different experience than I've had with God, and and there are times where uh, we call it the manifest presence of God, whether it's the Holy Spirit showing up, the Father showing up. Jesus showing up, you know what I mean? There's that experience that we begin to, ex that we have with God. And we want, uh, we want you to be able to experience those things. It's those experiences that we can talk about and have testimony of that can, we've been preaching on taking the lid off, right? Re releasing, breaking that spirit of containment, removing that lid. Those experiences are real and they're real to us. Because recently I heard the testimony of there, there's quite a few Jewish people that are now beginning to experience Jesus showing up in their bedroom or showing up in their house or showing up, showing himself real to them and they're experiencing that. You got an experience you want to share with us? When I was in college, when I first started college, I was going through a divorce. And I'm just going to be transparent and real because this is what I literally said. I told God, I said, if this is Christian life, if this is what it's like, it sucks. And I would rather die and go be with you. Then stay here. And so I began to tell him how I would do it. I was telling him I could get this and this and this and this from this person and this and this and this from this person and they would have, wouldn't have a clue. And I could tell mom that I was studying for tests and take Ashley to her 
And I just continued to tell him all about it. And I used to keep the TV on just because I couldn't stand the silence. (laughs) And it was low. But I'm telling you that God literally turned up the volume on my TV. And T.D. Jakes was on. And the last I heard of what he was saying, he was talking about a chicken being born into the world. And all of a sudden, the volume on my TV came up. And I I heard, do you know what Jesus Christ would say to you on the day of judgment if you took your own life? And you talk about somebody, get up and turn that remote just as loud as I could so I could hear it. And he said, The only thing that Jesus Christ would say to you on the day of judgment with tears running down his face and he shook his head is, why couldn't you trust me? And that, I just cried and cried and I told him I didn't know how. Because everybody that told me they loved me left. But I can tell you at that instant, that was gone. That was gone. Because I couldn't bear the thought that he would shake his head and just look at me and say, why couldn't you trust me? And I've been feeling this feeling for, what, a couple of weeks now? That there's somebody here that struggles with suicidal thoughts. And I'm telling you that that is a demonic spirit that's trying to end your life because God needs you here. Because he have has a particular thing for you to do that only you can reach that person you can you're the only one that can reach that person and he needs you now at this time at this place and God did that for me and I I just when some fleeting thought comes that I know is not God I say say, get out of here And he just goes. Wow. I just want to follow the spirit of the Lord this morning. When Isaiah said, I'm I'm, I'm undone. There's some of us that maybe we're afraid to have an experience with God because maybe we're undone. And the truth is, we're probably all undone in and of our human selves, right? But here's what happened to Isaiah. It says that one of the seraphim flew to me, and having his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs off the altar of the Lord, and he touched my mouth with it. And behold, he has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. 
How many of you know God's the one that can cleanse us? You can take a shower all you want to, right? You can use mouthwash, Listerine, and try to get the stuff out of your, out of your mouth, but God is the only one that can really bring, bring cleansing to us. He says, behold, it touched my lips and your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Maybe we're afraid to invite the Lord in because we feel like we're undone. And I just, I just know that the Lord is saying, I want to meet with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to hang out with you. I mean, the Holy Spirit, that's his job for to lead us and guide us and to teach us to maybe get closer to the Lord and how we want to operate with the things of God. And I know that we're in a time and a season where God is beginning to manifest himself to people. He's beginning to start talking to you. Recently, you know, there's been reports of, you know, God showing up. Or I, 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 I heard about this one where <laughs> this guy was, you know, he liked to drink beer and he drank beer all the time and he would go home and he flipped the channels and then all of a sudden it landed on a Christian television station and he gave his heart to Jesus. And the next day he went and he said, I'm going to. I'm going to go home, and after work, he went by the store and got his six-pack. Come on, somebody. And and he got his six-pack of beer, and he started watching the Christian television, right? And he's drinking his beer, watching the Christian television, and God was speaking to him. And some of us in a religious mindset were like, how does God speak to us when we're doing something we shouldn't be doing or maybe not good for us? Can I get an Amen. And I'm just telling you that God wants to speak to you no matter what you're doing, where you're at, and what's going on in your life. And it's the the angel of the Lord that went to the altar, and I'm not going to get into the significance of it, and took that coal that was burning and placed it on his lips. And how many of you know fire purifies? And purified his tongue. Purified his speech, if I could say it that way. And he began, and, and those are the things, you know, where, where I've been praying for God to just show up in your life. You know, maybe one day when you're sitting at the kitchen table drinking coffee, all of a sudden you look over and there's Jesus sitting with you. Having a conversation. I know you and Miss Colleen have those conversations. And I'm, I'm, my, my, my prayer for you is that he shows up where you're at. Because when he does, it changes things. And we look at things differently. How many of you know you go through experiences? You go through difficulty. You go through pain. You go through the mountaintop. And, and you, you have to deal with all sorts of things, health issues and stuff like that, that, we, that we're dealing with, we're fighting against, and we're, we're struggling with. But I'm telling you, God is a good God. And he's a personal God. Do you have, can you want to have something you, I want to have you share about? Um, many years ago, when all of our grown kids were still at home, all five of them, I was standing at the stove cooking supper, and I don't remember what I was irritated about, which was <laughs> a common thing, but I was standing there, and I just remember I was just grumbling and griping, and rah, 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 while I'm making that hamburger helper, I'm just, rah, 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 yeah, you know, <laughs> and 
all of a sudden, I didn't hear anything, didn't feel, you know, wind or anything like that. All of a sudden, I just had this feeling come over me of such love that it it's indescribable even now. It was just... I mean, it just overwhelmed me. It was inside of me, outside of me, inside, I mean, in every cell of me. I just, and I'm just standing there just soaking in it is all I can describe. And the kids came in the kitchen for something, and I just had this feeling of, I want to share this. You know, I want to, I want to, you know, give some of this to them, you know, let them feel, you know. And I'm hugging each one of them, and they're just, you know, they're just kind of looking at me. You know, they wasn't getting it. Well, then Scott came in. I did the same thing to him, you know, and he was like, okay, thanks, honey, you know. So they wasn't getting what I was feeling. So I'm like, okay, Lord, maybe it's just for me at this moment. Maybe this is just mine, something just for me. And I can still think back on this sometimes when I'm irritated or whatever and just stand there and I can just feel that touch all over again. Like right now, it's just <laughs> it's just going through me right now. And it's something I've never forgot. He brings it up to me every so often like a memory, you know, remember this. And I'm just, God, and it's not, you want to share it, but nobody else seems to connect with it. So it was pretty awesome. Come on, anybody else? Somebody else want to share this morning? Okay. Um, it was it was a while ago, but it was right after my grandma died, and she was my best friend. And I just remember as a little girl, I was sitting in my grandpa's back room, just crying my eyes out on the bed. And I just, I sat there and I closed my eyes and I'm crying and I just hear a voice that says she made it. And it was like the most peaceful feeling knowing that my grandma made it to the one place that, I mean, we all knew she was going to go there. And it was just like, it's crazy how God can give you such a peace to know someone is where they, they are, are belong. And so, uh, like, he just gave me such a piece about my grandma, and I've never questioned it since that day. Thank you, Lord. Wow, thank you for sharing. What about that? Is that, is that peace of God? Is that, is that the presence of the Lord that we can begin to experience? Sure, we, we experience that. When I, was, when I was recovering in 2016, I, I had my heart attack, and then you guys know that I had, had gone through uh, quadruple bypass surgery, and I was, I couldn't go, I couldn't go and sleep with my wife because I couldn't lay flat. And I was in this recliner for the longest time. And I remember just going, God, I don't, and just weeping because I didn't want to get back in that recliner. And some of you guys know me, I'm kind of hardwired to, to be high energetic person. And it was like, I just couldn't want, didn't want to get back in that recliner. And it was like, there was a time I remember just crying out to the Lord. And there was what you talked about, that peace began to flood in. And it was like, it was like, 
I'm always in fourth gear. <laughs> and it was like shift down to first gear. And I don't want to shift down to first gear. I want to, I feel like I'm a Lamborghini. I'm just been, you know, I've been designed to run, you know, and, 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 it, and it was like, this is not what I need. I need to be gearing down. And, but I remember that peace of God just beginning to overtake me. And it was almost like the Holy Spirit moved into the room. And all of a sudden, that peace came. I get goosebumps when I think about that. And I still get these Holy Ghost goosebumps in my life. That, and it, and, and it, like it kind of settled in. And there was a peace that was there. Has anybody else got a, a testimony or they want to share on that? Any, anybody else on maybe they've experienced the things of God? And also, I want you to know, dreams. If you've had a dream that God spoke to you, through the dream or the vision, I'd love for you to share on that too. Well, I guess I waited long enough. And he asked multiple times, so. Um, 2011, is that when Eden? 2010, December 2010. So after Eden, those of you, Justin Tennille's little girl, Eden, that passed away from neuroblastoma. It was a, it was a really tough loss because you know we were standing in faith believing God and and we just knew God was going to bring her through on this side for an awesome testimony of, of life here and so I, I think I had a pretty good faith wreck anybody have any of those you don't have to raise your hand but um Faith challenges. Whoops, covered up the bottom. Well, I don't remember what, was it like August or something? We went to Bethel after that. And I think this was probably my first encounter that I saw Jesus. And, I mean, I felt his peace. I felt his love. I felt his strength. But to see him and for him to walk with me. And we were in just a worship time. And I think Bill Johnson had shared about losing his dad at that time. And so he was ministering on that. And all of a sudden, I'm in a field with flowers. And Jesus is walking with me. And there are these humongous angels around me, and they have chain cutters, just like, and they come around me, and they're, they're cutting the chains of grief and despair and discouragement off of me. And it was the most liberating experience but it didn't stop there because Jesus takes my hand and we're just like dancing around in these flowers and so much love and peace that is just emanating from him to me, through me, that I did not come back the same as I went. And that's what an encounter should do. Right, Amber? Right, every, right everyone? It should. We should not be the same before the encounter.
But I think because of everything with Eden and the strength I gained through walking through a very low place to getting getting back to being able to believe God and trust God again, because how many of you, when you're believing God and believing God, it doesn't happen, sometimes you can go, God, where are you? Right? Yet he's always there. He never leaves us, even when things are not happening at the time we want, when we want, how we want, he's there. So fast forward to March 3rd of 2021. Well, and even before that, in January 3rd of 2019, when we lost Michael, it was like a progression of learning something huge when Eden passed through that year to Michael passing, to our family passing on March 3rd of 2021, it was like God was growing me through those 10 years to be able to handle what was coming. Even though he didn't cause it, he was preparing my heart I could remember listening to someone on heaven, 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 heaven for at least six months before the kids passed. And I know God had me purposely listening about heaven so that when they passed, I would have such a security inside of me of knowing that I know that I know that they were fully alive in heaven and as much as my heart was broken here it doesn't mean that that year year and a half after they passed was one of the hardest years of my life but I think it was the first Sunday after they passed we were in worship I don't even remember I don't remember what song we were on but another encounter with God I'm just you know, in a broken place, but Jesus meets you in your broken place. And all of a sudden, there's the kids. And Jesus is pushing the swings for the girls. Cyrus and Shanda and Joel are just in awe of God's presence. They're in worship, and I'm getting to watch this. And then they all run over to me with Jesus. Me, 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 me. We're okay. We're with Jesus. And you talk about an encounter that gives you peace. I didn't question where they were at. But just knowing and seeing and God allowing me to have that encounter helped me. And has helped me through the past two and a half years to know that they're good. They're fully alive. They're in his presence. They're walking with him. God wants us to have encounters. He wants us to experience him. And it doesn't mean that each of us, it will be the same. It may just be feeling his presence. It may be feeling his peace. It may be experiencing that like you've never felt before. It may be seeing him. 
it may be a vision that just helps you keep on keeping on. But he is a real, present God that wants to touch your heart and your lives. And he wants us to be different after we encounter him. Even coming to church, he wants us to walk away empowered and strengthened to face all that we face. And we face some stuff, don't we? We all have opportunities. They're just different. They just look different for each one of us. But God is with you. And it's exciting to hear your, your testimonies and your encounters to encourage each of us to go, okay. Sometimes we can get so carnally minded, just focused on the things of the world, just our busy schedules, what we got to do. But he wants us to encounter him in a fresh new way each and every day, somehow, some way. Well, anybody else? Those are pretty powerful. Today actually marks the 16th anniversary of of this accident that my daughter had, um, August 6th of 2007. And uh, it was a week before school started, and it was on a Monday. My dryer had quit, and I had to get down to the laundromat to dry some clothes. And there was a whole bunch of men in there, so I didn't want to go. So I threw them back in the car and thought, I'll go after they leave. We lived over at Moreland at this time. And um, anyways, uh, I stopped by the swimming pool where my youngest daughter was, Kai, and visited with her for a minute and then went home. A little bit later, I'm like, I've got to go get those clothes dried because I had mother or a, a women's meeting that night. And so went back down to the laundromat. And as I was throwing the clothes in the dryer, my daughter called and she said, Mom, you got to call this phone number. Somebody needs to talk to you. I said, OK. Well, anyways, so I called the number and they're like, here, you need to talk to Teresa. I almost told Randa because Randa wanted to stay the night with Teresa another night and I almost told her no and I said well this is the last night because we have school start next week so you know I'll let you tonight and uh, so I called that phone number and they're like here you need to talk to Teresa and she tells me she says we were in a wreck and I'm like what and there's still some men in there and I mean like I'm yanking the clothes back out of the dryer and I throw them in my pickup and I or my vehicle and I leave and I can't get a hold of Daryl and uh, I'm headed to more to Woodward and and I'm praying in the spirit and then uh, Teresa's mother calls me and 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 she tells me they have Randall loaded up and they're you know in my mind they're headed to the hospital. Well, that curve between Woodward and Moreland is where that wreck occurred. And I've known, always known it as dead man's curve. And that's where it happened. 
And so I see, I see the accident, and I see the ambulance, and in my mind, my daughter's already at the hospital. And, uh, well, when I get to the hospital, the ambulance isn't there. They were still getting them in there, loaded up. So I beat the ambulance to the hospital. When they get there, they, you know, do the x-rays and all that, and, um, They just think her neck is jammed. Like, I don't know how to explain it. But anyways, uh, and then I get to talk to, her, to Teresa. And Teresa, she tells me, she said she thought Randa was dead. And she couldn't because Randa wasn't responsive. And on the passenger side of the door, the handle actually came off the door. And I'm thankful because... She, you know, she could have tried to open that door to get her out, you know, or move her or something. And they decide to fly. Well, they first they was going to take her by ambulance to uh, St. Mary's Hospital and have Dr. Pollard check the, check her on, you know, check her out. So. I told my, I told Daryl, I said, I'm going home and I'm, 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 you know, going to pack and I'm going to eat it. I'm eating the ambulance over there. And then a little bit, I mean, I'm like, I go home, pack, get gas. And I head to Enid. Then I get a phone call, said they were med flighting her over there. And, uh, we get over there, or I get over there. I beat the helicopter over there, and I'm not speeding, you know, maybe just a couple miles over the speed limit. Anyways, I beat the helicopter over there, and I'm waiting at Bass Hospital so they can get her in the ambulance from Bass and then take her to St. Mary's. And uh, Daryl gets there, and I get there, and Dr. Pollard says that it looks like her neck, um, the bottom vertebrae, was up over the top. Vertebra, yeah, the first vertebrae was it sheared the vertebrae for C6, C7 right across her shoulders. And uh, as they're put, you know, getting her in ICU and everything, I'm leaning up against the wall and the Lord speaks his uh, John 16:33 to me. He said, I told you these things in the world, you'd have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. And I'm thinking that's an odd scripture to, you know, my daughter's in here with a broke neck. And, but I, but it was my word to stand on. And then we were told that my girls always went to the uh, Baptist church behind us. We lived on Main Street in Moreland. And so they lived, went to the Baptist church on Wednesday nights and the first people that were on the scene was the minister from the Baptist church. And um, Randa, I was told that Randa put her hand out and asked if he would pray with her. But that morning, I reminded the Lord that the word he gave me a long time ago was that he walked with my girls. And so... That's one of my encounters of the Lord. And my daughter is fine. Eight days later, we was leaving the hospital. Um, they had to go in from the back of her neck and in the front of her neck to put pin and screws in it and to 
keep her from wearing a halo, but they also, they had, they tried to, um, they put a halo on her and then weights to see if they could get her neck where it was, you know, come off of the, each other. But anyways, they ended up having to go in and do that surgery, but I'm thankful because she's pretty healthy. Anybody else? I'm looking around. They're like, don't look at me. <laughs> I'm looking around and we're like, everybody's ducking their head. It's like, don't, don't look at me. I mean, God wants us to begin to experience his goodness. Hang on, we'll have Sean, Pastor Sean, and then June, if you will. Um, I'm going to share this. Um, I, it doesn't really seem to fit with everything else, but I just feel prompted that I do want to go, you know, go ahead and be, try to be obedient. But, um, uh, when I lived in California, I lived by myself. I was single. And so I just get up, go to work, you know, go to church and those things. And, um, but I spent a lot of time by myself and I, I knew the Lord and I loved the Lord and I would study his word and, you know, would pray. And, you know, so, so I had a really strong relationship with the Lord, but, um, uh, there, there came to this time where I just kind of felt challenged. It's like, Lord, I feel like you're wanting something more, but I don't really know what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I can't remember placing exactly like all this in a nice little tidy timeline, but what, what eventually happened was that, um, uh, the pastor's family at church, he had two sons that were just a few years older than I was, and they had a private business and they needed help. Um, but they're believers, you know, they're pastor's kids. And so, um, I was skinny. <laughs> Their business was retrieving dead animals from underneath houses. <laughs> and so they're like, tag, you're it. <laughs> you know, we're too, we just, we just don't fit like you do. You know, this is going to be your job. Anyway, so I knew it was like, fine, I'm lonely. I'm looking for things to do. Uh, long story short, though, is, you know, there's writing to and from these jobs. But the thing that came to me and I realized later is like, okay, God, I know how to find you in that quiet place of studying your word. But what I didn't realize was that there was something more. There was something more. And it was fellowship with other believers. And a place of encounter with other believers as we would ride to those jobs and talk about the Lord and talk about things, I felt God in the midst of those moments as we shared about his word. So I just, I just felt challenged to go ahead and share this, even though, you know, it's not what everybody else has been sharing, but I just want to say there's more, you know, God can encounter us a lot of different ways and it's God in our fellow believer that if, you know, for me, that was scary. I wasn't a popular kid in school. I had glasses. People made fun of my glasses. We weren't always the best dressed, and I had high waters. And even now my wife won't let me go out the door without high waters. I had to have, I had to be arrested by the fashion police this morning. Just like, whoa, don't go out the door. You know, so, Hey, I, that's just me. <clears throat> you know, so I got teased a lot and it was scary for me to 
put myself in a position of being with another person, it was scary. It was frightening. And so for me to sit in that car with these people I didn't really know very well, it was scary. That was not easy for me to do. But in that place, I found God. I found God. And it's kind of like a little bit, that part is a little bit similar. I had to take that next step. Am I willing to get in that place of friendship with another person, another believer, and find the Lord there? And, and it was amazing. It was amazing. Like I said, it was like after all that happened and it was like, oh God, this is what you were trying to challenge me because I started to feel like something's missing. Something's not right. You know, but God, I'm spending all this time in prayer and Bible study. Well, he was trying to push me into that new place of finding God, him and others and spending time with them. That's a whole, you know, if you've never done that, you've never, if you were like me and you stayed in that quiet, safe, isolated place and you never put yourself in that position, there's, there's, there's more there. There's more there. I've had several encounters with God, but the one that he keeps bringing to my mind was um, after I, I wasn't saved until I was 38. And so um, my thoughts of God was um, king, you know. And so when I started attending Living Word, everyone was talking about daddy God, daddy God. My daddy was very strict. My dad was not a loving dad. My dad showed no affection whatsoever. And so when I, everyone was saying daddy God, that was my thoughts of daddy. And that was not the thoughts that you guys were portraying Daddy God as. I asked God to allow me to experience that. And the way he did it was he visualized, allowed me to visualize me sitting in his lap like a child would sit in a father's lap that I had never experienced. And the love that I experienced then is one that he showed me that he was not the kind of God that I was portraying because of my experience with my earthly father. And that that experience is always, no matter what I've done wrong, it's always the daddy God that is It's always the daddy God that comes and forgives me for what and helps me bring me back to where I need to be in relationship with him. So there is an intimacy that God wants us to be able to have. And it's, it's, I think it's easier for women to have that intimacy than it is for guys. You know what I mean? Because we're like, uh, you know, don't get too close. <laughs> you know, but there is an intimacy that's there. And what we're, what we're even experiencing this morning is the dimensions of God. We, we, we believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus himself, you know what I mean, can show up in our lives. 
with the Holy Spirit can move in our lives and bring us to teach us and to train us. And then there's the dimension of the Father, the Father to love on us. I know we've had that conversation many years ago about, you know, the intimacy of God being a daddy God. And if you haven't had a loving earthly father, how how hard is it to be able to receive the the dimension of God as the Father, our heavenly Father. And and those are difficult. But God wants to begin to break those walls down and be able to be that to all of us. Whether that's, you know, I don't I don't know if you've some of you've seen seen the the movie um where um uh, the shack and I've had some people like, I don't like that movie. And I'm like, no, if you will look at it in a way that you can see the dimensions of God. And it was like in one of those dimensions, it was like, you didn't need a father, you needed a mother. You know what I mean? And there's times where you need dad. Dad needs to, to be the one to be able to let you sit in dad's lap and, and, and have those different dimensions or the Holy Spirit. And so in that movie, the guys, the, the guys, you know, they're running, him and Jesus are hanging out and, and they're running across the water, right? And at the end of the movie, the guy takes off running and he doesn't, he doesn't, he starts to sink and, and he looks back to Jesus and Jesus says, it's better if you do it with me, you know? And, and, and those are the things that we're asking. And, and I'm not talking about, sometimes I can begin to start, uh, experiencing God in a new way. And then somebody would come up and go, oh, no, that's not how you experience God, you know, because he is, you know, unapproachable. No, no, God is, he's in us. The scripture that we read last week, he's in us. Everything is for him, through him, by him. And it's like, he's, he's within us. And those are the things that we need to experience. And, you know, like Sean was, I love what you said about being with community with somebody else. I mean, there's times where it's like, here's a God moment and you're with somebody and it may be listening to them or, you know, praying for them or whatever that might be. And sometimes we get so caught up in the natural that if we forget about the spiritual part and what we're learning is that we need both, don't we? This, the, the natural and the supernatural, we need the spiritual part of it. And that is part of our DNA, is that spiritual part. I, I've, I've visited with people. I love church, and church doesn't save me, but Jesus does. Amen. And what he did on the cross, I, I love church, but I can come together in, in church, and I can be encouraged by today, by the, the the experiences that you've had and that you've had and that you're having and and, and that you've experienced his peace or you've seen God move in certain different ways. That's the intimacy that God wants with us. And I, I don't know how to do this, but other than to ask him for that encounter, for that experience. He says, seek me and you'll what? Find me. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be opened. There's always something on our part, okay? So when I'm dealing with hurt or pain or rejection or a inability to do certain things or not feeling like I'm loved, we've got to ask Him and allow the Holy Spirit to do 
what he does and bring us into that place of understanding, bring us into that place of love. We've got, we've got some more time today. Who, anybody else have another? They, they want to share. Do you, I'm gonna, I want you to, but hold on just a minute. I want to make sure anybody else, anybody else want to share, want to share a dream, an experience that they had with God. Okay, Terry? We'll get with you. I just want to be able to have everybody else. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm looking for something here. Okay, I don't know. A lot of people, well, some people will know that my oldest daughter that's why I didn't want to do this. Cause she passed away on March the 3rd in a car wreck. Car wreck. And uh, Anyway, it was between here or between here and Watonga. Um, she went to sleep and went across the line and hit a semi. The semi wasn't coming straight at her; it was pulling out, and he, she just broadsided the, the front of the tractor trailer. But anyway, um, I drove down there. She was in the Watonga Hospital. She was in the ER. And by the time I got down there, she'd passed away. They tried to metaphlot her out about four times. Anyway, um, man, my, my daughter went in. To spend some time with her, she was still in the ER, strapped up like she was going in the meta flight, and uh, I prayed in tongues and all the way down there, and um, just kept telling God I trusted Him. That's all I could think. And uh, anyway, I was bound to determine that she was coming back if she wasn't where she's supposed to be. And so I don't know, there might be a few in here. I used to bring her here for the first 10 or 12 years of our life, just like I do Tristan, just like I did Sarah, my middle one. And uh, so she knew the Lord. But her mother and that side of the family was, um, you might say, wealthy and liked to party. And they left her at home by herself a lot. And she would just leave. And she, her mom would come home and call me and say, Michaela left, you know, and I'd have to go find her. But anyway, um, she... she uh, 
last, I went through all of her stuff in the last uh, couple or two or three years. She's really been struggling and seeking God. But anyway, I was in the ER and I decided, you know, I just declared that she's healed from the top of her head to her feet and got back down to her head and she looked so peaceful. She's laying there with her hair hanging off, you know, and I just, Anyway, I heard, uh, I told her she needed to come back into her body. It's calling her spirit back. And my daughter was standing on the other side going, you know, what are you doing? Or she didn't say that, but I could tell she, she didn't like what she was seeing. And uh, I heard, I heard the Lord say, it's her decision. Or she has a decision. She has the decision. And I looked up at Sarah and I said, uh, God's telling me that she has a decision, which to me was saying she's with me and she don't want to come back. But on the way home, oh gosh, on the way home, um, I needed more confirmation, so I, I prayed. Lord, I need confirmation. I need more confirmation. I need a dream. And I said, I need a dream for my daughter, Sarah, which was sitting right beside me, but I didn't tell her. Decided that's what... Anyway, after the funeral, seven, seven days later, it was two days after the funeral, um, my sister texts me and says, are you at home? And I said, no. Um, anyway, I didn't hear from her the rest of the day. And I've been, I've been working on her because her husband died about two years ago. And he didn't believe in God. But she heard a lot of lies all her life. But she's always believed. But she didn't, wasn't sure if he's a good God. And I've been trying to convince her ever since. But he sends this dream to her. He tells, She says, I need to talk to you. And she doesn't dream. You know, she's... I mean, she does dream, but she's not like this. It was more of a vision, and I keep losing this thing. But anyway, I went over, and I, one thing I asked the Lord, I said, I want a very vivid dream. I want it detailed. I want to, I want what I was asking for was what I got. And she, it, first thing out of her mouth, we're sitting in the kitchen, and she says, I had a dream, a very vivid dream. And right when she said that, it was like, click. And <clears throat> anyway, she started telling me this dream. And then she, I told her, I said, I want it in writing because she would just tell me here and there. And she goes, I woke up yesterday morning and it was just like, I just seen it because and it's still like that today. It was so vivid. But anyway, I'll read this dream to you. It says, in the early morning hours, Monday, March 13th, I had a very vivid dream. In my dream, I woke in my bedroom, but I realized there were no walls. It was daylight, and when I sat up at the foot of the bed, it was a wooded scene with a stream I could faintly hear. It was a springtime view, lush and green, and there were tall cottonwoods, and I could see the leaves sparkling in the slight breeze. 
Sunbeams were shining through to the ground, through the trees. And I realized I was looking at a scene at my brother Terry's house from the west side looking towards the west, which would be towards 8th Street. She said there was no road beyond the trees, which is that street that I'm talking about, and beyond the trees and the creek. Beautiful wooded area with birds singing. From where I was, there was a flat, lush green yard extending maybe 30 to 40 feet to, of, to the edge of the trees. And standing there was Michaela with several people on a loose line. I rushed out of bed to go to her, but as I got to the foot of the bed, the whole scene pulled away so that the same distance was always between me and them. Just as I was taking all this in, Michaela raised her right hand and arm about face high. And so, not so much as a wave, but more like a high noticed me move. And she told me it was like, like that. Right, after, after the fact. But more like a high, okay, she was beautiful. Everyone with her looked about the same age. Young adults. Her to her left was a young-looking, dark-haired lady, but I felt she was an older soul. Actually, I just knew it was her grandmother, Angie's mom, and I had a really good relationship with, with her. She was a sweet lady, but... Anyway, she had her... And she ra practically raised Michaela for the first five or six years of her life. She had her right arm loosely around Michaela's waist. To Michaela's right was a young man a little lighter complexion than the lady and with light brown hair. She says, I also thought he was a relative. Well, I think it was her son from when she was 15. I also thought he was a relative. He had his left arm lightly on her right shoulder, and I could hear talking and laughter among them, but I couldn't understand Couldn't understand what was being said. It was a very lighthearted, happy scene, and I could feel a slight breeze occasionally, like when you wave your hand close in front of your face. So no words we have accurately describe what I felt from this experience. Our words just turn on enough. Every time I felt the breeze, I was just overwhelmed. and surrounded with love and warmth, serenity, peace, happiness, and calmness. Every beautiful, loving word you can think of is just not enough to describe the loving and happy, content, beautiful feeling. No words do justice. During all this, I heard Michaela say, Dad understands. Mom needs to know. Mm. The message I received is she's not alone. She is surrounded by love and a place of beauty and happiness we can only imagine. Serene, peaceful, and calm, and I want to find words to actually describe the feeling they exuded, but can't. Just beautiful. The whole scene pulled away, 
And I turned to go back to bed, and I woke as I got back in bed and noticed I had walls again in my bedroom and calmly went back to sleep. That's why I think it was a vision. Later, when I woke that morning, it was sharp and vivid and a little confusing to have had that experience and know it was real. I thought on it a day as how to tell you, and that's the first day she called me, said, are you home? But you, but it, I thought it honored a day as to how to tell you, but it was a message she wanted you to have. And it is still as clear and vivid as it was at the time. She said, she's in peace. She's at peace. That was the end of the dream. But uh, this happened, I pretty quick realized it happened seven days to the morning she died. And when I realized that, I heard the Lord say, she's finished work because seven days of creation. But it it did happen on the 13th, and it was exactly within a few hours. Probably when Sedona woke up, it was probably around 8, and that's when it happened after having the dream. So um, anyway, um, I've been... Wanting to hear God. I hear God at certain times. I hear him at important times, but I don't think that I've been hearing him every day. But I was doing this all day yesterday and talking to him about this. And he says, You do hear me. You just don't realize it's me. <sighs> this is the part that makes me nervous. Because when I walked in here, that last song we were singing, and the Lord kept focusing me towards Kim, and he said, um, he wanted to restore you physically, and that's, I know that's very possible myself, but to bring me into the situation, that's when I'm like, because if it, you know, you're thinking, if it doesn't happen, then what's the deal? But he was telling me <coughs> to walk up to you, and everybody needs to believe. Can you believe it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Boom. He wants you to stand up and be restored in Jesus' name. Come here. God's doing it. You're not doing it. (laughs) 
all things are possible. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Just stretch your hands towards the altar. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that the good work that you've begun, you're going to continue. And we just speak forth healing over her body physically right now. In Jesus' name. We call forth a total restoration from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, God. She's been standing, she's been believing, and we're linking our faith together with her. We thank you, Lord. We, we, we just call forth every single bone to come in perfect alignment. We speak to the, the bones in our legs, in our hips, uh, even, even, Lord God, uh, in our ankles right now, in Jesus' name, to line up with the Word of God. We say, come forth. And that they'll just begin to move, begin to shift, begin to bring forth the way you've originally designed them to be right now. Father, we're going to continue to stand and believe right now, today, right now, this moment. Just release, release your goodness, release your grace upon her right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you guys just stand to your feet here today while God is just moving in a tremendous way. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. The pain is gone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Why, why God just continues to bless Kim. I, I just want you to come around Pastor Eric as he leaves tomorrow for Africa. And he is uh, going to be ministering the Word of God with many other pastors there. So just, just come up here, and um, we're going to pray over him. If you've got tithes and offerings, if you've got Africa, just make sure you write Africa and and uh, just give your tithes and offerings and and let's just gather let's gather around Pastor Eric and pray for him. If you've got anything you want to speak over him, hey Carrie, Father, we just pray for. Pastor Eric, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that he, as he goes, that we go, that he is your hands and feet, 
as he goes and travels to Africa. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you speak through him and every every minister there that is bringing forth to the thousands that are going to come forth. We just thank you that you're preparing the hearts of thousands to come to know you, to be delivered of demonic forces, to be healed in their bodies, to accept you as their Savior and Lord. Lord, I thank you for divine protection from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, every place that is that his souls touch, God. I thank you that your angels go forth around and about him, in front of him, behind him, beside him, above him, below him, everywhere he goes. I thank you that every plane that he gets on is anointed and appointed. Every pilot is is uh, the best pilot that could be on, on the plane, Lord, uh, alert and uh, in their in their perfect abilities to fly the planes, Father. I thank you that every vehicle that he goes in, every road that he walks on, Lord, I thank you, that Father, that you go with him, you release out of him, Father. I thank you, Lord, that this is your crusade, Father, in Africa. And Lord, I thank you for all those lives that are going to be touched and changed, Lord, but change him, Father. Lord, let let this trip be uh, an appointed time for him, Father, to be touched by you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do in this crusade and in this trip to Africa, Father. We just release him to you, Father, to go forth as your willing vessel, Father, that you are with him and you, you make a way in the name of Jesus. Anybody else want to pray over I just release your angels to go with you before and behind and all around you. And as you, as you get there, I know Africa has uh, things going on there that we don't like. And so I thank you that these angels are protecting you the whole way while you're, while you're flying, while you're setting your foot down on the African soil in Jesus' name. Jesus. Um, you know, the service has not been a normal service. And it's been about encounter. And as you, Pastor Eric, opened the door for what took place this morning, you're stepping through a door into encounter. So I just believe that God is going to meet you on this journey in the most amazing way. There's You, you shared about that place of being undone. You're, you're going to know what that is in a, in a, like, you know what that is, but you're going to know it on a whole nother level. So, um, so father God, we just, we just say yes to your work in our pastor's life. Lord, we declare your will be done and your kingdom come in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, those are that are left. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Listen, we bless you. We send you forth with his power and his might. And I'll give you some updates uh, th this next week as we travel. But let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. He is worthy. God. Thank you, guys. Be blessed. You're dismissed.